And then there's a bunch of new techniques. And we're not going to talk about all of them because there's way too many. And, you know, Lord knows we talk long, long enough as is. However, uh, we did want to talk about some. Among the Kehoe, there's 16 new Kehoe. Now, Kehoe needed padding out. Uh, so, all good. However, uh, I did want to highlight something that's been a problem to me for all the Kehoe in general, but then it's continued, it's, it's made stronger here, which is that fire Kehoe are just the best. Right. Yeah, you know, they're just really strong. And in so one of the weaknesses in general of fire stance is it's not a very defensive stance. Okay, it's it's a it's an aggressive stance um and you open yourself up to harm mm. to to do it, you know, by taking strife and other things. I mean, there's, it's just fire in general is aggressive. The existing Kehoe fire are, are some of the strongest aggressive Kehoe. Bonus successes are awesome anyway. Uh, fire Kehoe means those bonus successes start going into burst effects, and now you're really getting strong. And then what the new techniques do, the new Kehoe do, that's a little, I don't want to say problematic, but more of a good thing, their fire Kehoe in this book are also very strong, but surprisingly defensive. Yes. So you can take your fire-focused monk or whoever's doing these fire-focused Kehoe, and now they can cover up all their vulnerabilities as well because they've got these really defensive fire Kehoe. So if the bad battle starts turning against them, they still only need their one ring. They still only need, they're still in fire stance. Just looking at this one example, yeah, it's kind of the, the first one. You know, blistering retribution. Um, while you're well, active, after you defend against damage dealt by a character in this scene, you decrease the target number of your next attack or scheme action targeting that character by half the amount of the fatigue you received, which is quite a lot. You know, yeah. that, 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 that means, um, getting hit means is, is good for you. Immediately, you're still taking the damage, but you know, suddenly you're, you can be much, better at, at hitting the, the person in front of you and and so getting hit is suddenly a good thing instead of it being a downside of being in in fire it's good and fine yeah so so one of what like i say one of the issues is if you're in fire it should be high risk high reward but if you're also able to defend and and get bonuses for 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 being hit and stuff does that make these too good and I'm not going to say, I, I'm not qualified to say whether these are too good or not. I find in general that the fire keyhole are stronger than any other way to do these from what I've seen. Uh, the other ones might just be more tricky and I'm not grokking them fully, but that's okay. I mean, a, a non-fire one is the Eternal Minds Gate where you start seeing glimpses of your past lives and trace of life's past ritual, which is also in the rituals section, um, sees more of your past lives. So these are the ways that your Tagashi are seeing their past lives yeah. uh, becoming Tagashi. So I th thought those were pretty cool. Yeah. I'm not going to talk about all 16, but there you go. But that, that is 16 new Kiho, which is actually quite a lot. 
of extra ones. So that's kind of cool. The new cutter, I think one of the interesting things about them is the ones there, there, you know, the usual general ones, which could be yeah, just Bushy Monk and general close quarter cutter. But there are a bunch of ones that are specific to the different types of yokai or the different types of non-human that you can be the non-human kata category and there's a fair few in there Mm -hmm. which is an interesting way of simulating the abilities of a non-human one thing that's different about the kata in this book than most is that they are exclusive to bushi or monk most of them that's a good point actually yeah which means the courtier fighter, the pure courtier fighter, uh, or different classes, people who have been dipping, who have access to kata, but are not actually bushi uh, tagged, don't don't get them. And so that is one of the um, weaknesses of bushi. I, I don't know. There hasn't been a whole lot that's been bushi specific. So these these kata are so. Well, you know, my little courtier might be, you know, some of these I wish I could use. They're good, and it's good to have things that are bushy only. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm all for. Yeah. Uh, tricky kata to be worth noting. The bear swipe kata uh, makes a condition last until the end of your next turn. It is an earth two opportunity thing and makes the condition luster. And it supposedly works for all conditions, so prone or um, immobilized or anything. Uh, bleeding, dazed, disoriented, and prone. Bleed. Those are your choices. Okay. However, <laughs> it only works off of earth opportunities. Earth stance techniques that generate conditions only make prone. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. You could use this if you were doing an earth water one, something that lasts a bit longer, like bleed, I think, lasts a bit longer. Um, but if you're going to try and do this to try and make the immobilized thing work, it doesn't work as like you'd hoped. <laughs> so you can maybe do it in void because you can sometimes, I think you can use void to get other ring opportunities. But I don't know if you I don't know if you can do it with two. Anyway, there's so many opportunities need opportunities are used to create conditions to start off with. And it needs to be an earth. Yes. And it's it's like saying, oh it looks so good to start off with because you're trying to sustain those conditions to get other things off. Yeah. And it just is not pulling it. So don't don't be fooled by that one. <laughs> it might only work on prone because there are earth checks you can make to make someone earth attacks you can do to make someone prone. And it may work off bleeding because if you get the right crit, uh, which is easy if you've got a raise raise weapon, you can you can do bleeding, and so that'll work and help. But I don't know if there are any earth checks you can make to get dazed or disoriented, and that might mean that this kata isn't quite as good as it looks. That's what I'm trying to say. The fact that it's specific to Earth kills this one, for starter. You know, even if it wasn't, you know, a two ops to you know, two ops is big anyway. Yeah, try and yeah. Pull it off and, yeah, two ops is big anyway. Anyway, talking about Kata, however, that's a bad one. This one is a good one. Oh yeah, Swallow's Dart style is a wonderful Kata for your Kikita duelist. I, I heard some discussion about this. Yeah, running in quarter. Yeah, so. Um, 
it is important to remember with this then that most iejutsu and many uh, other kata mm. of you know some of the cooler kinds of things you can do uh, are uh, are move actions, mm. movement and attack. Therefore, yeah. movement and attack actions. So therefore, you can use the um, ops with slow start. I, to, to give you some more resistance. Mm. And since this is worse if you're wearing armor, it gives you the resistance, you know, minus your armor. Um, additional resistance minus the armor. Um, you know, if you're a person who's like a duelist who's going to be running around in ceremonial garb for a duel, or just, um, you know, you prefer not to wear your armor, then this this gives you that, uh, that, that bit extra. So this is a very nice, and there are so many situations where you can't wear armor anyway because it's just not the done thing. So mm-hmm. excellent for for that sort of circumstance. So it's it's a good one because I've noticed as I've been playing Ibushi finally when I've got a game is you easily end up with a whole bunch of kata and you don't mind having one that's specific to a situation that sometimes comes up, sometimes doesn't. It's perfectly good because when it, when it does come up, it can be really, really good. So yeah, Swallow's Dart style of, yeah. is, looks to be a very, very good one. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. anyway, uh, also also those Ijitsu ones, you can't use those two opportunities that you want to save for this for your crit most of the time. Mm. Spend them on this. There you go. Um, all right. Uh, flexible grit. This is one that, a flexible grit. This one is a good for non-fighter. And this one gives you the blunt end of the polearm strike for short-range combat. Mm. Now, one of the awkwardness of being a polearm fighter is the uh, range bands. Uh, Water stance does have techniques that let you shorten that to zero. This also lets you do that. And it lets, since it says it's specifically turning it into a blunt weapon, you can use some of the blunt kata if you want with this. So... As I said, you can pick up lots of kata if you're a fighter, and you might want to. And now, and some of those, some of those blunt kata are pretty decent kata, you know, if you're going to use them. Uh, but the idea of fighting with a blunt weapon is kind of less than optimal. So this makes your your polearm a blunt and a polearm weapon. So you open up your your kata, and yeah, you can change the kind of the profile of the weapon to something that suits your current circumstance, which I think is good. Mm-hmm. And Sarah's Leap um, increases your deadliness on your spear, and I think that that is something that is, if I recall correctly, I, uh, the spears are not very deadly. Not, uh, not by default, no. By default. And that is a big problem with spears over using katana, if you want to do that. Mm. It's like something to... Something that ups the deadliness of your spear is nice. Mm-hmm. I liked I liked those kata things. Yeah, I mean it both it, it both decreases the amount of your target's physical resistance, which is almost like adding to damage, and it adds mm-hmm. uh, you know it's per per point of of opportunity, and it also treats the deadliness as increased by the same amount, so it's pretty good. Right. So this so spears are kind of, the yari is a very quintessential. Mm. Japanese weapon and you always want to be able to make a spear fighter but when you're sitting there trying to make decision between the katana and the spear straight mm. it's hard not to go for the bigger damage bigger daily in this weapon yeah, yeah it's hard not to go for the katana so 
yep. Sarah's Leap can help bridge that gap. Yep. And the last section of new techniques was some rituals. I really liked the different, the survival rituals for the Abanjan mm. that, uh, that you, know, you do to survive your high elevation or whatever yeah. survival things. I think that that's a good one like the, maybe some of the Kamari ones. It's nice to potentially... Uh, not just keep it exclusive to Yabanjim, but to other groups you want to say are particularly hardy or, uh, I, you know, mm. you know, allow that to leak into the rest of Rokugan for the right kinds of characters, if that makes sense. So that's all I'm going to say about techniques. That was way too much anyway. Yeah. Section three has a significant section in the beginning. It's more the GM section talking about the uh, elemental imbalance. Mm. And I really liked this as a GM section. Um, it is kind of like a, uh, it, it uses the elemental imbalance as an adventure engine or kind of what I term and have in some material on my site, kind of as a community hazard or prosperity system. Mm. So instead of saying natural disasters happen to your community and then you're just dealing with them afterwards. Yeah. Uh, you as a GM set up series of natural disasters and they are caused by a solvable scenario. So a bad thing happens to your community, an earthquake. Well, the er you as samurai protecting this community are now have to figure out why did that earthquake happen and make sure it doesn't happen again because and there was an elemental imbalance. So you go and investigate and find the elemental imbalance and you solve that elemental imbalance, all right, by whatever was causing it, the angry ears coming or whatever. But in solving it, instead of it being a one-off, that triggers another kind of imbalance, Mm. Or another another thing that happens, or another. So, what caused that? So, the Earth Kami is unhappy. So, you go and appease the Earth Kami, and but you find out that this other thing is wrong because that caused the Earth Kami. So, you go and fix that, and that leads to this other thing. It's a kind of a natural series of adventures to do with a community, rather than you wandering from. One community to the next, one place to the next, but by making bad things happening to that community as a series of uh, solvable scenarios that have to do with this um, um, elemental imbalance. I liked it. Yeah, there's quite, quite a lot of ideas on how to how to how to put this together, including mechanics and such like, and and it's also some. Emphasis on how these things will affect an entire society or an entire community and not just individuals. So, yeah, lots, lots of good stuff here. Um, there are new terrains mm -hmm. indicating this elemental imbalance. So, you, you know, you can add those to your terrains list. Um, there are also more new conditions. Uh, specifically illnesses mm. uh, with different things that they do. And they are removable with different kinds of medicines or theology checks. Um, I personally think that these in general should be medicine checks specifically. Um, 
and even potentially have them quite high target numbers higher. But then you can go and because even though it's medicine, it might not be a core skill you use unless you're like playing a Kitsu medic or something. You can take the time to research it. So maybe if it's something that was done with one medicine check, takes a bunch of different checks that can stack, make it like a a, a research a, a task. Does that make sense? Or you do yeah. other things. Maybe you do a lower a theology check that will lower the ultimate medicine check rather than just do a theology check to fix it. I don't like how Shigenja tend to stack everything in the theology or yes. have motivation to stack everything in theology. And this is medicine. Yeah, I mean, this each, so each of these. Make it medicine. Yes, each of these are target number, whatever, medicine or theology. And then they're, they're, each of them right. each of them has its medicine or theology. And so there's no particular reason for a Shugenja to learn medicine because they can just do it with theology, which which they'd be doing anyway. Yeah. I think it should be house ruled, my house rule, to for these in general to be medicine. But theology could do things to assist the medicine. Mm. Lower the target yeah, or yeah. Uh, you know give more information or help help the person missing. That's that's me. Take it or leave it. I just don't think it's <laughs> enough theology. Yeah, it is. It is convenient um, if everything is is down like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so more stuff on playing different types of you know. So looking at the elemental imbalances for t- for new types of. Scenarios: There's monasteries and portraying monastic orders. There's a there's a section on that, uh, including you know a thing on what does yeah sensitivity basically defining what you mean by these things. Bearing in mind, you know, we're talking about religion. Sometimes these are made up completely made up. Sometimes these are based off real world things. Your actual real world players may well have opinions on these things and you've got to be cautious about those and not you know perpetuating damaging stereotypes um just talk it out yep as as is so often the case you know it's talk it out and stuff like that um both beforehand and after you know what assumptions are we bringing to the table what kind of real experiences do you have and then stuff like that and then afterwards it's like okay were there any moments that you felt were authentic were there any moments that felt off that sort of thing so keeping a track of that mm-hmm. um discussions about you know life in a monastery and what what kind of things might happen what kind of story potential there is i i thought this was pretty good um pretty good stuff Overall, uh, the one thing I've highlighted from that section is talking about pilgrimages. Mm. Pilgrimages is a perfectly good way to get a party together from all over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're we're all we're doing the tour. Yeah, you you or we're doing the tour, or all of you need to go to the uh, you know all of you are facing big troubles with enemies in your homelands and you are all going to the shrine of Hote or, you know, Bishamon. You're all going to the shrine of Bishamon to pray, get assistance, uh, 
plea to the fortune for the strength to go save your homeland. Or, I mean, you could each, you, you could each have different reasons for going on this pilgrimage, but it... exactly. No, you're you're all from different clans. Mm. You're all going to the same shrine of Bishamon because you had a dream, or you had, you know, or you know, the wise priest told you to, or you could have a dozen different reasons why you were all going to the shrine of. You just, yeah. The Shrine of Bishamon is on top of a mountain on this long journey very far away, and you meet each other walking towards that way. And when you are there, something happens. you realize that you can help each other. Yeah. Something happens, and you realize you can help each other with each of your problems, yeah. and Bishamon is guiding you towards and working together to solve all of them. And suddenly you have an adventuring party going to all the land. I mean, and there's also adventuring, there's also pilgrimage routes where you really would have loads of people not just going to one temple but going to a series in a set order and so there you go there's a, a reason for a bunch of people to be traveling and having several adventures along the way all the shrines of bishop yeah, or, 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 or you know, you're going to each of the seven shrines of the seven great fortunes fortune mm. whatever so anyway those pilgrimage is a really good way to get a multi-group party together um without the Emerald Magistrate. Yeah, and and also reasons for meeting all sorts of people along the way because they are also going on pilgrimages. So there you go. Uh, there's a section, another section for playing non-humans and outsiders. Stories of the Strange. Stories of the Strange. Um, I will just say on that, L5R, there does seem to be a little bit, I, I'm hoping that they go back in the next few books towards more humans right, and more insider stuff. It is always an easy way to expand your world to add more outsiders because you can have an infinite number of kinds of outsiders, mm. right? Um, but it, I don't think it necessarily deepens your world. So to deepen your world, you need more insiders, to expand your world, you have outsiders. Does that make yeah, sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I this, uh, th there's uh, certain outsiders that are kind of already built into the game, you know, like you know, the people who aren't samurai but are still part of the world. But I agree. I, th I think I think we I think we want to. Sp I personally also want to spend more time in Rock Again about Rock Again rather than moving outside that. Um, you know. I mean, in in a slightly grumpy way. I mean, in a way that's that's kind of what outside. That's what Adventures in Rock Again is more about, in many ways. So, there you go. So, just something for you know, if if anybody ever listens to this, who's writing this, maybe maybe for the Scorpion book, go deep rather than because I suspect the Unicorn book will be yet more. I mean, the the, the unicorn, yeah, the unicorn book pretty much has to be. That's pretty much what it's going to be. But uh, I would, yes, a deep dive. Have the Scorpion book be more of a deep dive into Rokugani culture. I think would be pretty good. All right, there are some new titles. Uh, I like titles very much, actually, because they they are good for unique, making unique people. There's the Awakened Soul title which allows your role play to regain void faster. Mm. Uh, this is a very uh, GM, give it to only your good players kind of a... 44 XP, good <laughs> lord. So, yes, um, but it's high. Anyway, uh, it's very GM specific. Mm. Uh, so there you go. Uh, if you role play it right, you get void. 
Uh, Forrester gains. This allows you to get rank one and two water and earth invocations and one to three suji, even if you don't have access into in your school. So any kind of title that gives you access to invocations should uh, should be thought about intelligently as a GM. All right. You, it's got very, very broad skill groups in your curriculum. Uh, and like I said, these, these things you don't normally get access to in terms of magic stuff for non, non Shigincha. So, uh, just know what you're doing. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with it. Uh, it's very nice if you don't have access to Shuji or more likely you don't have access to water invocations. You might want some. So, you know, this will have your, uh, Bushi doing jade strikes. Mm. So just, just very straightforward. Be blunt about it. Yeah, this will give everyone jade strikes. Um, if you are fine with that, that's great. Mm. If you're not, uh, and you, they get it the day they get it. Yeah, they they open it up. So if you're fine with your Bushi having jade strikes, then... Give them this title. Freely give them this title. But you might want to think about it if you, you're not thinking of it that way. Temple Abbot, that's an NPC uh, title. Can't see any particular reason why a PC would want it. Um, mm. However, it's a nice NPC title for more than temple abbots. It's not particularly religious. This is for teachers. Yeah. Like Shinsei at a school, this is a good title to give them uh, for you know, managing their school. Or, you know, this is just the wise old man. Mm. So I, I, I like this. Yokai Hunter. This allows you to commune with yokai as its ability. This title has Kiho in it. It is very nice for Bushi who want to use Kiho, yeah. uh, which most Bushi would love to have a Kiho or two. Um, and it's very easy to want to get it if you are doing any supernatural stuff. Yeah. Um, so again, uh, these titles, their power is in what they give you access to off curriculum that your school might not have access to. So, And we round off the book with a discussion of the one of the tenets of Bushido, and this is sincerity, Makoto. Uh, aligning one's intent with their deeds and doing so with complete and total conviction of mind, body, and spirit. So there's some discussion of what it actually means, you know, defining sincerity, uh, talking about the edge of sincerity, um, you know, to follow sincerity is not the same as bullheadedly rushing into every obstacle with eyes blazing with passion, although that is a very common samurai drama trope, it must be said. Say what you mean, do what you say. Absolutely. That's what it, you know, and find ways to be truthful about it. Yeah. So it's not truthfulness, but, you know, it's it's not lying. <laughs> yeah. It's like, say, say what you mean, do what you say. Yep. Is, is sincerity. Uh, the last complaint about the book, this is not a uh, you know, particular one. There is no Dragon Clan NPC template for for this book. No. Uh, most other clan, uh, uh, splat books have had templates for them. So sorry, you're just going to have to wing it. Uh, I think in part it would be hard to make a Dragon Clan NPC template because there's a huge difference between the template for a Tagashi and a Miramoto. Yep, not easy to to sort out. I yeah. So <laughs> we've gone long enough. Some people, are, you know, the, the the complaints about this book basically come down to lack of 
Dragon Clan specific schools. Um, but I complain about school bloat, so I would be. I'm not too fast. There are a lot of yeah, schools already. Yeah, there are a lot of schools already <laughs> added to this book. Uh, <laughs> and a few, yeah, you know, a few few bits and pieces. I honestly, I liked a lot of this. I liked a lot, well, a lot of what they added. I had some quibbles here and there, as you no doubt are aware if you've listened to this podcast and our previous one. But on the whole, I, I did quite like this one. I like this one because for a lot of reasons, but I think it gave us new stuff to play with. Um, even though it did not have new that much for Dragon, I did not feel like what it had for Dragon countered the any of the images that you know, I had for mm. I'm not a dragon player, but um, I, th- I feel, felt like it went along and it nested very well with what we knew of dragon. Mm. It opened a new dragon, almost specific game space uh, of this, of of the wilds. Of um, yeah, it, to me, it, to me, it, it had a lot of locations and stuff that was a dragon specific game area that the other clans just haven't got the same kind of interaction with at all. So even though it didn't have new dragon schools it had new things for dragons to do yes i think that's a key thing which, which i appreciated yep uh they're they're slightly different uh i've already said we'd love it to go you know new new books to go deeper rather than wider um but i thought that the some of the mechanics in this in terms of or you know adventure engines were good I thought there were really appealing things in the uh, techniques in this. Um, nothing here seemed completely marginalized. Uh, so, yeah, I, I liked it, and it was well-written. Mm. Um, so I liked this book, too. Yeah. like the art. Yeah, um, good art. I, I, found, I found some of the complaints overblown. Uh, different, I mean, you've heard our quibbles. So I won't go into different it. people have different desires and wants out of the book. So, mm-hmm. yeah, this may be it. May be simply that this is closer to what we want rather than what I mean. Other people may have had expectations, and it, this book does not meet it, meet those expectations for those people, and that's entirely fair and, and valid. Mm-hmm. All right, but that's it for us yep. this week. Uh, hopefully, this will sustain you for how long until I. <laughs> talk about um <laughs> we want to call out fortune and strife our affiliated actual play podcast uh, as well as our friends at d20 radio um our content is funded by the community discord patreon which you know has our website and so on uh we have really enjoyed uh their support and are yeah, grateful to very them. much so yes our website, you can see longer-term information and RPG tools and so on. And, you know, hopefully, you know, be some adventure seeds. Seabass uh, has been doing some things. Early access to our AP podcasts and whatever we think of. Yep. Online, you can find us at our website, which is courtgamespod.com. On Twitter, we are twitter.com slash courtgamespod. And if you want to support us in what we do, you can find our Patreon at patreon.com slash court games. That's it for us this week. This is Kikita Kiori. May the fortunes favor you. And I have been Korva. And until we meet again, keep your jade handy.
Radio, where gamers 